All right, well, indeed, good morning, everyone. Great to see you, and welcome to Christ Central Church. Our first Sunday in the green phase, so yay! We can celebrate that. Let me just say, well done, everyone, for the last 16 months. Whew. Thank you for your patience and being flexible, willing to adapt, resilient, and all of your encouragement during this time. And we're glad that we can also keep our online presence. So welcome everyone who's on the live stream. And we know that many people, both in the past 16 months, but even moving forward, aren't able to be with us here in person, even though they'd like to be for various different reasons. So glad that you can still participate. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today um, from the book of Acts. We're going to continue, but first, just a couple of comments. One is, we're right in the middle of the Summer Olympics. So how many people have been watching the Olympics? Just put your hands up. We've got a few Olympic watchers online. I see, I see that hand. What have been some of your favorite sports or activities to watch Olympics? You can just shout them out. Triathlon? Andy, does that come from personal experience that you... <laughs> You're like me with some of the sports. I wish I could do that. <laughs> Anyone else? Swimming, woo, another one I wish I could do. A few more? Surfing, Surfing? wow. Diving, there we go. All the sports I am terrible at, it's so impressive. Have you heard like the whole thing online where they're like, there should be one just average Joe in every thing? That is a very interesting thing. It really would give perspective. Wow. Well, well done to all of our athletes, and man, lots of fun um, watching them. And so one thing I noticed in just hearing all the different interviews from all the different people at the Olympics this week, and this is like from the commentators, this is from the coaches, this is from the athletes themselves, and all the different sort of uh, people who are involved in this, I hear this over and over and over again. So this is kind of one of your staple answers when people ask you, you know, what's going on and how things go and everything. They talk about the importance of fundamentals. It gets stated over and over and over again, that the fundamentals are the key building blocks to everything else that comes. And if you forget about the fundamentals or you neglect the fundamentals, somewhere down the road, it's going to come back to bite you, like it's going to catch up to you. So what do you think some of the fundamentals are in some of these Olympic sports? What are some fundamentals? No, <laughs> I love it. One of the fundamentals is survival. <laughs> Don't sink and stay at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> Training, thank you. There we go. Survival's good too. <laughs> Training. So we're going to talk about things like diet and training and then the right mechanics. You want to get the right mechanics and get most efficient and all those different things. Really, really important. And I'm just amazed as I think about both the simplicity, but also the complexity of just sticking with the fundamentals. And it got me thinking as I was preparing for the message this week, that last week Jody talked about the big story of God's plan. And as we continue in Acts 13 this week, we're going to look at, and we're going to read here in a moment, just given the context again. So Paul and Barnabas, part of this church in Antioch, followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaks, sends them out into new territory to share about Jesus. They go out, and they're fulfilling God's plan to talk about Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the way that God's 
brings us back into relationship with him and how the life and death and resurrection of Jesus changes everything and it makes it, impo- it, makes it possible. And we're going to see the reaction from Jody talking about what Paul, and we're going to pick it up in the next 10 verses. So as we read this, here's a question for you. See if you can pick out three or four fundamentals of following Jesus just in these 10 verses. Okay, that's your, here we go. So this is Acts 13, verses 42 to 52. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. So that's where Jody talked about last week, the content of Paul's message. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. And on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. And when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. So then Paul quotes from the book of Isaiah. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So, did you spot three or four fundamentals of following Jesus in this passage? Let's see if they line up with what I think they are, okay? We're going to take a look at three of them. So, we're going to look more closely at these fundamentals, key building blocks of following Jesus with the whole of our lives every day. Number one, continue in the grace of God. So, verse 43 at the end, Paul and Barnabas talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. So a key fundamental is continuing in the grace of God, which means and assumes what? That you start it and know what the grace of God is. So to continue in something, it's assuming you've already started in the grace of God. So let's flesh that out. What does that mean? So last week, as I said, Jody talked about in verses 13 to 41, that the grace of God, and I'm going to use some illustrations here to try to help you out, okay? This is how, this helps me, so at least it's going to help remind me, and this is, okay, this is going to represent, what do you think that represents? What is that? A gift, thank you. This is a gift. One way of describing the grace of God is this, the grace of God is a gift. We get something we don't deserve. So we're going to use that as an illustration of grace is a gift. And the Bible talks all kinds of different ways about grace, but one of them is it's a gift. And that's what we're going to focus in on today. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve, a gift. It's salvation from God as a gift. All those songs we've been singing about this morning have to do with grace and that salvation we're being saved from something is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't earn salvation by our performance, our achievement. 
We're not self-sufficient. It's the opposite of this. And I heard this a lot in the Olympics being interviewed this week. How did you do? How did you do so well? I believed in myself. <laughs> well, the gospel, the good news is actually the complete opposite. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't have to believe in myself or I'd be sinking to the bottom of the pool. <laughs> no matter how much I believed I could swim. <sighs> that might work for the Olympics. I believe myself, but it doesn't work when it comes to how do you know you're going to have eternal life? I believed in myself. No. The gospel is this. We're believing in the culmination of God's story in Jesus. So let's just review God's big story because we have to make sure we understand that we start in grace in order for us to continue in grace. So just a quick review, and Jody shared this so well last week, that God created the world. God created the heavens and the earth, and he created humanity. Why? In order to have relationship, in order for God's glory, which is the most incredible thing, and God's worthy to be worshipped. God, out of love, wanted to share his community, Father, Son, Spirit, with his creation. And he created male and female to be in relationship with him, and it was really good. And paradise. And we see very quickly that paradise was ruined, wasn't it? broken, marred, tainted. There was a virus. Sin infected humanity, and it brought rebellion and selfishness and pride, and it led to death. And that's why we're singing this morning about Jesus overcoming death, both spiritual death and physical death. And God's rescue plan was this. God, out of God's wisdom and out of God's plan, he picked for himself a people. God chose Abraham, and we see Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David, which Paul reviewed last week. And in the Old Testament history, God gave promises, and he gave laws. And he's like, I want a people out of all the rebellion, out of all the chaos, I want a people who worship and know me. And God set up a structure, and God set up laws and rules for people to follow that they know that they were set apart to follow God. But God, all the way through the Old Testament, said this, really, what I want it's not just your following rules. I want your heart. I want a heart relationship with you. God wants us to trust him, to love him, to put him first. And all of everything in the Old Testament, and Angel had that word culmination in worship, is pointing to Jesus. There's a culmination coming of all the promises and all the prophecies and coming to Jesus with one would come who would make things right. And Jesus came fully God, fully human. And he fulfilled and obeyed all the laws. And yet, even though he lived a perfect life, it's so crazy. He was crucified on a cross. The payment for our sins, the Lamb of God was crucified to take away the sins of the world. And through God raising him from the dead, through his resurrection, he defeated sin and death and the devil. And as we were just singing, he lives today, and he's coming again. Hallelujah. And he's coming to judge and to restore. And the Bible says that he is the one who gives eternal life. And God offers everyone, and as we've just seen, both Jew and Gentile, everyone on planet Earth, the gift of salvation, that we can have a right relationship with God, even though we don't deserve it. 
that grace is a gift. I get what I don't deserve. And we can believe God and receive and trust and give thanks. And last week, one of the key verses was verse 39. Paul says, through Jesus, everyone who believes is justified, just as if they'd never sinned, from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. Because the Bible says if you break one law, it's like you broke them all. It's incredibly great news that salvation, getting right with God is a gift, and it doesn't depend on my work, on my performance, or even my version of the truth or my way. But we receive this invitation from Jesus who says, come to me, come and follow me. Come and receive from me living water. Come and receive from me eternal life. So the Bible says this salvation from sin isn't the culmination. Actually, it's the starting point. So we're, we receive salvation as a gift. We're saved. We're made right with God. We've been given a new identity. God puts his spirit within us. It's amazing. But that's not the end. That's just the start. Jesus says, now come follow me because I want to bring about not just salvation, but I want to bring about a new kingdom on earth. And you're going to be about my kingdom. So the Jews were amazed because they're like, okay, we're made right with God. We're in relationship with God, not based on my performance and following the law, but actually faith in Jesus. They had a hard time with that. That's a... And the Gentiles are going like, you mean us who were left out and the promises weren't for us and it was the Jewish Messiah and we didn't have any hope and all that? You mean we're in if we believe? <laughs> wow. That's why they were so glad. They're like, this is amazing. This gift is now available to us. Wow. And many believed and they received because the thing with the gift is it's all done for you, but what do you need to do? You need to, I receive, and I take, and I open <gasps> for me. So our part, the gift's been provided. Our part is, I'm going to believe, and I'm going to receive, and I'm going to take ownership of that. And here's a key thing, and here's a key thing for us, I believe, in Western culture and in North America. When we put our hope and our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ, we're not just making an association. We're not just adding Jesus to all the other things we're connected with. We're doing this. We're pledging allegiance to Jesus. We're saying, Jesus, you're not just my Savior, but you're my Lord. And that's where things really start to change. Because in receiving this gift, we receive the gift of salvation. We're also saying, all right, Jesus, now I'm following you. My allegiance is now with you. And that begins to affect everything. It's not just an association. Yeah, I'm connected with this political party. Yeah, I'm kind of connected with this club. I'm, you know, I'm kind of having an association with all these. No, we're, we're aligned and we're pledging our allegiance to Jesus. That's the background for Paul to be able to say, I urge you to continue in the grace of God. 
So we go on following Jesus in actually the same way we started with Jesus. So every day, we go on believing and trusting, and we receive God's grace every day. So we receive grace for salvation, but we receive grace every day. It just maybe looks a little bit different. God provides strength every day. God provides love. It says, the Bible says, Romans 5, God pours His love into our hearts. God provides us with power. God provides us with forgiveness moment by moment. So we have to understand that when we say, Paul, I urge you to continue in the grace of God, we have to understand this affects our everyday life. And one of the biggest things this affects is our identity. Fundamentally, our identity is changed when we receive the gift of salvation when we receive the gift of forgiveness. We have to understand it's a radical change when we put our faith and hope in Jesus Christ. What does God do? He changes our identity. The number one defining factor of a Christian is this. You are now in Christ, and Christ now lives in you. That overrules everything else you might define yourself with. Because you know what it's like when you meet people. You're like, hey, I'm Joe, and most of the time, what's the first question people ask? What do you do? The number one defining of a Christian is this. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. So actually, the starting point is not doing, it's being. I'm in Christ. It's a gift I've received it. That's the starting point. I'm a child of God. I'm God's holy temple. God's spirit lives in me. I'm now part of the people of God. I'm part of the body of Christ. I have brothers and sisters in Christ. So the grace of God affects our identity. And we know every day our identity gets challenged, doesn't it? By the world's pressure. And we got to come in. I got to receive grace every day. God, remind me. I got to receive grace today. I got to receive your strength. I got to receive your empowerment to remind myself of who I am. What happens when we sin, when we mess up? Do we try harder? Do we hide? Do we cower in shame? Do we cancel others and do we cancel ourselves? Well, I sinned. I'm written off. No. What do we do? We receive and continue to receive God's grace. God's made a way. John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, you can read it. What do we do? We confess our sins. We confess our sins one to another. We bring everything into light. We confess our sins, and God and Jesus is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So instead of hiding, We continue in the grace of God. We came to Jesus with nothing for salvation. We come to Jesus again when we mess up. And we say, Jesus, please forgive me. And we receive forgiveness and restoration. We go on receiving the grace of God. What happens when we're weak? We're just like, oh God, I don't know if I can make it today. Do we say, I'm going to believe in myself. (laughs) Pull it together, Joe. (laughs) No. Say, God, I'm weak. I admit it. I'm weak. God, I'm weak today. God, I'm feeling tempted. I'm weak today. So, God, I'm just, I'm not going to ask for help. 
I'm going to call on your name, Jesus. I need your grace. I need your strength today. God, just as you gave the gift of salvation, you can give the gift of grace today for my every need. That in my weakness, man, you're proven strong. I've said it many times before. We don't need to be hashtag Joe Crummy strong. We can be hashtag Joe Crummy weak. But hashtag Jesus is really strong. (sighs) And we can receive strength from God. We can ask. We can come back and believe God's promises. And we can say, God, help me in my unbelief. God, help me. And we can rest and say, God, I just choose to receive today. And this is what we have to learn to do, folks. In the midst of chaos, we just got to stop. And this is what I do. I just stop. And I honestly just put my hands out. And I just say, Lord, I yield to you. And even though my mind's going 100 miles an hour and everything's, God, I choose to yield to you. And I put my hands out because I'm yielding, I'm letting go. And then what am I doing? I'm receiving again. God, I just need your grace. I need your strength. I need your empowerment. I need your forgiveness. God, I need your help. And I receive right now your abundant provision of grace because it never runs dry. And I receive again and again and again and again that Jesus is our burden bearer. Jesus is our good shepherd. So folks, we've got to make sure we start in grace. Like salvation is something we don't earn. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on believing in ourselves. It's based on putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But as a fundamental, we're urging all of us we got to continue in the grace of God. That's good news. There's gifts of grace every day. We don't have to go back to basing our identity on our performance. Because you know what that does? It does one of two things. Either it builds pride, look how good I'm doing, or it just crushes us in defeat because we see how terrible we're doing. We look to Jesus. He both saves us and he keeps us. And we get to receive the grace of God every day, strength to obey, forgiveness. We receive the Holy Spirit to empower us to keep believing God. Folks, that's good news. I love that the fundamentals is really, I just receive what Jesus is providing. Isn't that good news? Oh, hallelujah. So how do we know what to believe, what to trust, what to receive? The second fundamental is this. We honor God's word. So I don't know if you noticed, but four times in 10 verses we read this. They were glad and honored the word of the Lord. They gathered to hear the word of the Lord. We had, Paul says, we had to speak the word of God. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. Four times in 10 verses, it reveals the importance of God's word, the Bible. Talking about God's word, explaining and hearing God's word, preaching God's word, speaking about God's word. And the key here is this, is we honor God's Word. It's a fundamental. It's a fundamental. If we lose that fundamental, the wheels come off pretty quick. These new followers of Jesus, they honor God. How did they honor God? By valuing God's Word. They valued it as true and important and worthy of obeying and believing. And hallelujah, in grace, we receive another gift. I forgot to mention this earlier. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gift of eternal life. There's so many gifts. But we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this, he's the teacher, counselor, comforter. He's the advocate. He's the one who comes alongside. Jesus said, I'm going back to heaven, but don't worry. The spirit of truth is coming. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to remind you of the things I taught. Folks, we're not left on our own. We have the spirit of truth who helped write the word of truth. The, the Bible, the Word of God, was written as the Holy Spirit inspired people to put it down into a language that we understand. We receive God's Word, we believe it, we obey it, and God's Word shapes us, and God's Word works in us. This is what Paul said to the Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul said this, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of humans, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Whew, that's pretty powerful. Paul's saying, I know you're the real deal. I know that you're really a Christian because, and I thank God, because you received the word of God, which you heard from us you accepted it not just as some made-up story or some good advice book. No, you know it wasn't human written. It's actually the Word of God. And for you who believe, the Word of God is at work in you. So does it kind of make sense that we want to, as a Christ follower, believer, apprentice of Jesus, we want to go on receiving God's Word? That we want to continue to honor God's Word 24-7? that God's Word is at work in us, that God's Word has authority over our lives, and we surrender to God's Word, which is really tough to do. Because honestly, every day I read the Bible, it's tough because it challenges. It challenges how I view money. It challenges how I view being a husband, being a father, being a leader, being a brother. It challenges everything. In our culture, increasingly, it's very popular, this, and you, Angela makes fun of me because I still get the newspaper. I'm old school, even though I can read it online. But this is what I do and I've got files of it because I'm proving a point. I cut out all the articles that have interesting things, and I've got all my folders. I just want to show how thick it is because it's hard to say, hey, online, old school, just trust me. But I've got all the articles that say something like this, that honor in our culture people saying, I'm just speaking out my version of my truth. Folks, the folder's like this thick. So you hear it in all kinds of different contexts, but it goes something like this. And we honor it. So every, it's, every article is positive. Someone says something about something, and they're like, I'm just, and we applaud it. We're going to be bold. I'm just going to share my version of my truth. And everyone's like, now, here's the thing. There is some good in that, because we know people have been oppressed, and we know and sometimes you gotta speak up because things haven't been good. So there is some context to it. But folks, that's a dangerous 
As a follower of Jesus, that's a dangerous and it's so insidious, right? We just take it in and we're just like, we don't even realize that that's, that's affecting us. And it's a bit like this. So I've got my compass here. It's a bit like this. Oh, I'm starting to go. And it's like, okay. I get pretty disoriented very quick. And I'm like, where's north? Does anyone know where north is? I got people, you guys are like perfect for this illustration. I got people pointing this way and that way and this way. I love your version of the north. I love your version of the north. I love your version of the north. So here I am, I'm gonna get my compass and if I'm doing it right, I think it's that way according to my compass because I've got a standard. I've got something that is beyond just me, or you, or you, or you, or you, or you, or you, (laughs) saying there's a true north that we reset, that we say it's non-negotiable, and it affects everything. So you apply my version of truth to an air traffic controller and a pilot, we're in trouble. honoring the Word of God. Folks, it's hard. We really got to wrestle, and we get spun around all the time, and we're kind of like, whew. And I'm not saying it doesn't take time, and we got to wrestle through, and Scripture interprets Scripture. We have to learn. We just don't pick out one verse. Like, there's a lot of, but the bottom line is, we come back to the Word of God and say, I'm going to reset from the Word of God, and that's going to take some time and effort and help of the Holy Spirit, and we need this We need community to do that because even these believers, this is what's so amazing, even these believers for a season got led astray. So these are some of the churches that Paul had to write later in Galatians and say, you started in grace, but someone's bewitched you, someone's fooled you, and now you're going back to performance. So you read Galatians, this is the churches Paul was writing to. So for a season, they got off track. And what does Paul do? Paul doesn't say, my version of the truth is this. Paul does this. He pulls out the compass of God's word and he says, hey. And he goes back and he takes them through again, God's word. Say, hey, we got to find, find true north here so that we can line up. And they received again. So even these people got off track, but God brought them back to God's word. Fundamentals. Continue in the grace of God. Honor the Word of God. Folks, if we don't get the fundamentals, it might be a season where we don't even realize we're off track. But in the Olympics, these athletes, if they forget or they skip the fundamentals, it's going to affect their life. Third thing, quickly, time's gone. Third, third fundamental is this. As Christ followers, we're the light of the world. Jesus said in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. What a great promise. And Jesus in Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus in us means we are the light of the world. And Paul interpreted Isaiah 49, 6, which was pointing to Jesus. 
saying, you, singular, are going to be a light to the Gentiles. You're going to bring salvation to the Gentiles. Paul, I mean, it's really radical, isn't it? That verse is pointing to Jesus, and then Paul's applying it to himself. Woo! So either Paul's really right or he's really wrong. <laughs> either he's really right or he's really blaspheming God. Because everyone knows in Isaiah, that's pointing to the Savior, Jesus. And now Paul's saying, we're a light to the Gentiles. Why? Because Christ now lives in Paul and Barnabas. And folks, just briefly, and this is my one, this is my flashlight, okay? I'll try not to blind anyone. It's not too but we're the light of the world. And guess what? I've been in pitch black with this little flashlight. It's amazing how bright it is. It doesn't look like very much right at the moment. But let me tell you, when it's pitch black, this thing is gold. Like, it comes through in the clutch. Folks, you might not feel like you're very big. You might not feel like you're shining. But let me tell you, you as a Christ follower, you are the light of the world. And you get to shine. And look, it doesn't take very much to shine in darkness to make a difference. That we're a witness. And that can look all kinds of different ways. And Jody gave lots of examples last week, sort of in church life, how we can be working together to be the light of the world and to serve and to share. But folks, just being who you are, okay? Like seriously, me just sometimes stopping and just saying, God, I give it to you, I yield to you, and I receive. Folks, that is such a radical difference to how most of society handles stress and chaos. That's being a light. It's not just kind of what you do, do. It's who you are. It's being first, which shapes our doing. That's a whole other message. And in ending, even though Paul and Barnabas were misunderstood, they were rejected, they were abused, they were taken literally out of town. But because of the ongoing grace of God, because of them honoring the Word of God, and the joy of being the light of the world, it says this, they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. That's amazing, isn't it? You think, you're sharing God's Word, and it's going well, and all of a sudden everyone turns on you, and you're getting abused, and you're taken from that region, I think I would not be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I think I'd be like, what? <laughs> they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Folks, the fundamentals, continue in God's grace. Start with grace. Continue in grace. It's not our performance and all of that. Now, we want to obey, but that comes out of loving God, honoring God's Word. We want to honor God's Word. We want it to shape our lives. We want to submit to God's Word. We are the light of the world. We can shine, and a little bit of light penetrates the deepest darkness. So, folks, grace is a gift. We get what we don't deserve. We start with salvation. It's a gift but we receive the grace of God every day. Folks, we got to know there's something beyond my truth. And we need to line up that when I get all, whew, okay, I got to get back and I got to line up with God's word and I got to learn. And folks, we're the light of the world. Woohoo! 
We get to shine. So three quick questions, and then the team can come. Or actually, you guys can come now, and I'll just end with this. So here's some questions for you to think about this week and to not just think about, but hopefully wrestle through and apply. For you personally, how would you describe and apply continuing in the grace of God? So if I had time right now and broke you into small groups and said, for you personally, what does it actually look like, seriously, like this week, to continue in the grace of God? What does that look like for you? Second question, how do you honor God's Word in daily life? So I'm just not talking about taking 30 seconds to read God's Word. I'm talking that 30 seconds of reading God's Word helps shape you and apply for the rest of the day. So how do you honor God's Word in daily life? And how are you a light in your world? By both your being and your doing. All right, let's worship. So why don't you stand? If you're online, you can stand too. And Angela and the team are going to lead us in a final song, and then we'll give you some, uh, just some closing things. Thank you. Mm.